Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner, specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 25, where we meet Sarah Ahmed, nutritional therapy practitioner from Madison, Wisconsin. Hear about her struggles with anxiety, depression, gut issues, and insomnia, and how her health journey led her to the field of nutritional therapy. Stay with us until the end to hear her quick tip for healthier living. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Nutritional therapy is a holistic wellness practice that seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's meet Sarah. Sarah, welcome so uh, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Sarah, I know that you're out of the country right now, and I really want to thank you for <laughs> bridging the time zone so that you could make this happen. To get started, you know, I just love to talk to people about how they heard about nutritional therapy since, you know, it's not something that most people are familiar with. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, so like many of us, I came to nutritional therapy out of my own health struggles. Uh, I was struggling with a lot of um, anxiety and depression and chronic pain. Um, And I I was also having a lot of gut issues and I was seeing uh, multiple experts and the physicians for all of these issues, but it was not going anywhere, right? So I started digging into it and doing my own research. I remember talking to a friend about it and she actually mentioned that she has worked with an NTP uh, and have seen great results. And uh, at that point, I was just like, I'm not gonna go to anybody else and I'm just gonna do it by myself now. Uh, And I'm gonna learn it, what's what's going on. Because, you know, online there's just too much information and sometimes it's controversial as well. That's that's how I just uh, go to the website. I look all the details and I just signed up for the program. Yeah, at that point, I, I did not have any intention to be a nutritional therapy practitioner. But yeah, it was just to help myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I think we we just realized that we graduated around the same time. And I, I have to say the same thing. When I when I found the program and I signed up for it, I thought, oh, this is going to help me figure out this mystery of my health, right? And I had no intention of becoming a practicing nutritional therapy practitioner, but it, it just sounded interesting and it sounded like it could help me resolve my own health issues. So, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so at what point did you realize that you wanted to become a nutritional therapy practitioner? Yeah, so that's that's interesting. So what happened is that when I signed up for the course and I started uh, learning it, even in the first module, I was just super excited <laughs> and I was just pumped. Oh yes, that makes sense. Like all the ancestral approach and uh, how we are wired and we're talking about like having a holistic approach toward health. 
and our mind and body, how everything is connected. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks like that I'm having, I'm going to have a new career here. And uh, my family and friends were, they were also very supportive and excited uh, for this new thing in my life. And they were like, how's it going? And they were asking a lot of questions to me. And I realized that I was uh, loving educating them, helping them just going on this journey and you know within a month i was like okay i'm gonna practice it i'm gonna help other people people don't know this stuff so that was i that was kind of uh, i started from there and then uh, as the programs uh, the program continued i kept on uh, working on the business model and how i'm gonna help other people um, and how can i uh, reach a lot of people just to set up an online setup so yeah so now here i am so inspiring yeah it um i had kind of the same epiphany it didn't take me one month it, it took me a lot longer than that but by the end i realized that that the information we were learning was so relevant to so many different chronic health situations. And that, like you said, people, people don't know this information. Um, there's a lot of information about nutrition. You know, there are a lot of nutrition newsletters and a lot of sources of information about nutrition, but nutrition is kind of political, right? There's a lot of information out there that's pushed by the government and the My Plate Initiative and RDAs and all these things that are a little, it's just a different perspective. And so I think what I appreciated about our education was how holistic it was and how it took into account all the systems of the body and, and how we learned, you know, about the anatomy and how all the systems work together and how they work together when they're working properly and, and what happens when there's dysfunction. So I found that really valuable. Yeah. And, uh, I love it what you said and I would add to it that this was the thing that when you go to a regular doctor or anywhere to get some help in the area nobody talks about what you're putting in your plate right so what you're eating how is your diet how is your lifestyle do you have too much stress going on how are your relationships look like are you active like exercise is still uh, I think there we have these recommendations coming up a lot but nobody talks about gluten sensitivity or dairy allergies or these kind of stuff so this was now i feel like kind of a responsibility <laughs> to educate people on this stuff so yeah it's great it's uh, i love it what were you doing before you became a nutritional therapist yeah so i i was working for a company as an it analyst so yeah it's it's a big shift from working on computer uh and now working with people Wow, that is a big shift. <laughs> yeah, so people that you worked with must have been quite surprised that you were taking this completely different path. Yeah, so even when I was working as an IT analyst, I was talking about a lot of <laughs> nutrition stuff and all that with my friends and coworkers. So they kind of have an idea that I have this thing uh, uh, in my heart. Uh, but of course, not not as a as a profession for sure. But you know, uh, they love it and they love coming to me for all of their uh, health issues, or they recommend other people and their family and friends to me. So that's great. Yeah, that's wonderful. You mentioned that you're in Madison, Wisconsin, correct? Yes, that is correct. Do you see distance clients as well, or are you seeing mostly a, a local population? 
So most of my uh, practice is actually online. So I think it's easy to work with people uh, on their own time zone because, you know, it's just like we work with a lot of people, you as well. I am sure that internationally and nationally um, with different time zones uh, with an online business setup. So I see people online. I do one to one consultations and run group programs. I'm also working on um, designing an online course that would be available soon so that people can just uh, sign up for it and uh, do it on their own if they don't have the time and uh, you know money for the one-to-one consultation uh, so yeah most of my practice is online yes okay so um, just finish the story so how did your education as a nutritional therapy practitioner help you resolve your health issues I would say it's a journey towards health, right? All of us know it's never perfect. But, you know, I think this there is one thing that um, nutritional therapy has kind of taught me. And I am just now so proud to have this approach with me just to have a that is to have a humble and modest approach towards your diet and lifestyle. Right. Uh, and this is what I teach my clients and keep reminding myself that just don't cro- go crazy for one way or other. Like in the past, I was like, if I know that, OK, so blueberry has so many benefits to it, I would have blueberry smoothie every single day regardless of the season or something right or just going crazy for the superfoods and just uh, being super obsessed with the number on the scale right so I just started to have you know take a step back and have a humble and modest approach towards my health and just taking it holistically and managing my stress levels doing a lot of meditation yoga Of course, eating healthy was the first thing and removing all the inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, soy for me, uh, and some sensitivities towards some food that are healthy, but were not for me. So tweaking my diet uh, was a big thing for me. And then just changing the lifestyle, uh, like stress levels. And I also was suffering from long-term long-term insomnia so sleep patterns just changing the sleep patterns and how to improve my sleep so these were the things that i learned in nutritional therapy and that applied to my own uh, life and i have seen great great benefit out of it so yeah so i am in a far better place right now i was like years ago yeah i think i think what you said about it being a journey is so true because it does take months and years to get to this point of, you know, having chronic health issues, like the ones you described, anxiety or depression, gut issues or insomnia. And nutritional therapy is is different, right? It's not like medicine where you take a a, a drug and you expect a response within, you know, a few days, a few hours. Nutritional therapy is a longer term approach. But when it works, it, um, you know, I, I appreciate the the difference from the medical intervention because what it when it works what it does is it resolves the issue completely so that you're back to your healthy state as opposed to just trying to mask symptoms or work with symptoms to make life better while uh, not dealing with the underlying issues right 
Yeah, yeah, and I I love what you said because it is like a holistic approach, and then you learn, you also learn that what is the exact meaning of health, and we have very different definition overall. Like we just look at like how much I weigh, and this is how should I look, right? And it's more about how you're feeling, how your day to day activity it is, how your relationship with yourself and other people. <laughs> so it's it's a lot. It has a great, great benefit to it. You were talking a little bit about uh, food sensitivities, gluten, dairy, soy. When Did you know about those sensitivities before you went through the nutritional therapy training? Yeah. So I was uh, not feeling well, like, for a long time. And I was noticing that whenever I uh, have, like, a lot of bread or pasta with cheese, the next day I feel, like, bloated. And I had, like, this brain fogging um, and mental fatigue and all that. And I was questioning uh, all of these foods. I was like, maybe, you know, I have this sensitivity. And I talked to my doctor uh, and dietitian, and I get my test done for gluten allergy the celiac disease test and actually I was not celiac at that point and they were like you know you're fine and you you don't have to avoid these foods but what happened was I was like uh, my gut was telling me that this is not good for me and I'm not feeling good after eating them so you know it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of research and frustration on my end and then i realized that of course i don't have that disease and i'm not allergic to it but i am for sure sensitive to this thing right uh so that i learned in a hard way um, after my this nutritional therapy education and uh, uh, working with other ntps that is the thing that now more I uh, get myself educated on uh, in this area of mental health. It looks like that gluten is a trigger for a lot of people and a lot of people are sensitive to gluten and dairy and soy. And this might be the reason they are experiencing these uh, gut symptoms and sometimes neurological symptoms as well. Yeah, that is one of the magic things we do as nutritional therapists, I think, is help people find their hidden food allergies. I specialize in allergies and sensitivities, and so I've kind of um, developed new and faster ways to, to work with people to identify all the things, all the food substances that they're sensitive to. Um, but I have also learned some methods for allergy elimination. So this is, this is beyond nutritional therapy edu- uh, training, right? It's more training that I took on my own, but there are... There are people who have multiple allergies and sensitivities, and they get to a point where their diet is so restricted that that in itself becomes an issue. And I should probably also mention here that nutritional therapy is not about is not about restricting people's diets unnecessarily, right? We want people to be eating as widely uh, a healthy diet as possible because we know that that contributes to a strong and healthy and robust microbiome. So when you, you know, when you have that person that has multiple food sensitivities and is developing new ones almost all the time and their diet is going down to a handful of foods, then then these methods for allergy elimination I think really uh, become quite important. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought it up because the conversation was going in that direction. The idea is not to just eliminate everything for a long time. This is a very therapeutic approach that is offered by a nutritional therapy program that you have to eliminate some foods and see how you behave and then address the underlying issues, whatever is causing it, right? And then we can reintroduce the food after addressing those issues so that you can have a diet that has variety of food like fruits and vegetables and meat and sometimes grains and legumes as well so i totally agree with you that you know eating diversity is the key for sure it took me a while to to really get on board with that because prior to becoming uh, to entering the nutritional therapy program i had been experimenting a lot with my diet like you i had noticed that gluten was affecting me and I had been gluten-free for years prior to, to entering the program. But I, and, and there were other things that, you know, kind of went in and out of my diet as I was kind of experimenting with what uh, food sensitivities I really had. Uh, that, you know, restricting my diet, you know, first I went to kind of a gluten-free, dairy-free kind of thing. And then I started experimenting with um, uh, paleo and then finally autoimmune paleo. So these are like increasing levels of restriction in the diet. It's, it's not, those aren't good diets to be on long term. You know, I, I used to think that paleo was like this fantastic diet and people do report having miraculous resolution to chronic health issues by changing their diet to be that strict and restrictive. What people often don't hear alongside that is that if you're going to eliminate something like grains as a category, that you must supplement with the B vitamins because that you're, t you're removing a huge source of B vitamins from the diet. Yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm on the same boat with you because I was also just restricting everything. I was like, oh my God, I can't take it. I can't eat this thing. I can't eat this thing. So it was a lot. And I just find myself eating like five, six foods, uh, which was not good for sure. And then you have these nutritional deficiencies. And then you honestly, it I think increases your anxiety level uh, of being that person that can't eat anything. So of course, I don't want that for my clients. That's what that's why I said that this is like a therapeutic approach and for a while to just address those issues and then increase your, you know, uh, capacity to eat all the foods. And again, you know, for fruits and veggies and meat variety, I think people should just don't uh, there is no there's. Uh, no reason that we should avoid them or something unless you are really, you know, uh, having a lot of struggles with FODMAP or other autoimmune issues. For grains, as a nutritional therapist, we have, you know, learned the ways how to eat these grains, like soak them or sprout them. So there are ways to make them more digestible. So they are easy on your gut. So if you if you follow all those, uh, you know, interesting kind of advice, then that really helps to make it more digestible and not uh, affect the gut or uh, improve the, uh, sorry, affect the gut issues. Those interesting methods that you described there, those, you know, it's really ancient wisdom, right? So ancient cultures knew that you, you soaked grains and you sprouted them before you made them in, uh, before you consumed them as a food. And we've kind of forgotten about a lot of that. I remember someone mentioning during our training that Quaker Oats, when Quaker Oats was first introduced as a product on the market, the package direction said to soak overnight. 
And, you know, now in the interest of uh, your modern lifestyles where no one wants to hear you have to soak this overnight, you know, I have to plan ahead uh, for for my breakfast. They've eliminated that step. But still, the the better way to prepare grains, if you if you have any if you think you're having any issues with them is certainly to soak them. And even when you make, um, you know, if you're making bread or you're making a dough to, to make it and then let it sit, you know, cover it, put it in the fridge or in a temperate spot and just let it sit for overnight or, you know, part of a day before you bake it. And that's another good way of kind of soaking those grains. Yeah. Yeah. I love all those ideas. Another thing you mentioned was FODMAPs. Now, maybe not everyone is familiar with FODMAPs. Could you just talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So if people have, like some people have a lot of gut issues going on for a while, so sometimes they have these sensitivities developed to uh, different uh, foods that are actually healthy. So it's like kind of hard hard to digest idea that, okay, so this broccoli, is it like bad for me or is it causing me a problem? Because it's healthy. It's a super food. So uh, FODMAPs, uh, there's a list of foods in it that might be causing some uh, trouble to your intestines uh, if you have some dysbiosis going on in your in your gut so sometimes to have experiment with those uh, group of veggies and fruits uh, uh, to see that where you uh, stand in in that area like sometimes so there's a group that has like it's I think it has five groups Uh, one group have onion and garlic and a lot of that kind of veggies in it one has like avocado and prunes in it and some watermelon and these kind of stuff. So the best idea is like, I think we have this innate wisdom and we know our body's the best. And some people know, right? That they are like, okay, yes. So when I ate watermelon, I just feel bloated. Sometimes like weird, like I ate watermelon, it's healthy and something, something like that. So just experimenting with those foods and you can get the list of FODMAPs online. Uh, it's um, it's pretty convenient. It's available on the Google uh, to see that uh, what are those foods and are you having any trouble with those foods. So the idea is to just uh, stop eating them for a week or so and see how you feel and just reintroduce them. And if you feel any issue or any symptom, then you might be having some trouble with that uh, that food. But again, to coming to your point that the idea is not to eliminate all the foods for long term. The idea is to just address the root cause and why you are reacting to those foods. So I would say working with a nutritional therapy practitioner is the best way to go uh, to address all those issues. So I just pulled up the definition here because all I could remember was FODMAP stood for fermentable oligosaccharides, but there's actually more. <laughs> there, it's a very long acronym: fermentable oligo monosaccharides and polyols. So these are categories of carbohydrates. They often trigger digestive symptoms like bloating, gas, and stomach pain. So. These are found in different foods in a variety, you know, at different levels. And there's, there are many charts online that will help you to kind of sort out if you're having issues with one or more of the five categories. And then you can try to eliminate those foods and see if you feel better. I think also there are like, uh, there's Monash FODMAP app. Uh, app. 
uh, like you can download on your phone to see like what food is in it. So which is kind of convenient, which I have on my phone. Yes, Monash University yeah. did a lot of the original research on FODMAPs. I used to have that app on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so tell me um, what your specialty is, and it's a nutritional therapy practitioner. Yeah, so I work with people who struggle with uh, anxiety and uh, depression and mental health issues. And this is like most of the time, these are the people who are also having some gut issues as well. Uh, sometimes they're aware of it and sometimes not. But my area is more focused on people suffering from those issues. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And do you have a quick tip for healthier living? I know this is like this is like a good one. I like this question. Uh, I would say eat real foods. Just keep it simple. Eat real foods. I think this is such a big thing, and we have forgotten this idea because we are just surrounded by this processed food, and we live in the world that uh, we can't imagine. Even at this point, uh, when I am eating very healthy and being very conscious and aware of what I'm eating, I don't eat 100% real foods. Like I have some kind of processed food in my diet. So just sticking to the basics and eating real foods like fruits, vegetables, meat, uh, poultry, eggs, uh, fish, and of course, grains and legumes, if you can tolerate it, is, is the best idea. Yeah, and some people even, you know, they need a little help figuring out, well, what do you mean by real food, right? And do you have a, a rule of thumb? I mean, I've heard the one where, you know, if your grandmother wouldn't recognize it as a food substance that that she would have eaten <laughs> regularly, yeah. that that's not a real food, so like an energy bar? Yeah, so it's, I think there are a couple of uh, things about that, like people say that don't eat something that your great grandma has not eaten, or I think Mark, Dr. Mark Hyman, he said that eat the food that is on the trees and not prepared in the factories, something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. So yeah, yeah that, that, this is a good way to uh, remember, yeah, so the food that is not prepared in the factories, that is just on the soil or in the on the trees or just by by the nature. Made by nature or made in a factory. That's made by nature. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and and the thing is that so many of us think that, I don't know, we've gotten into the habit of thinking that maybe an energy bar is something healthy for us, a healthier snack than maybe an apple. But if you use this way of thinking, eat real food, then actually the apple is the better choice than the energy bar, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you feel better. I, th- I think your energy as a person changes <laughs> when you d- change your diet because you feel like more fresh and energetic when you have like a lot of fruits and vegetables in your diet instead of just, you know, having these packaged foods and uh, of course, energy bars and all. And now for anyone who's thinking, oh my gosh, you just said an apple is better than an energy bar, but, but apples are so, um, they have a lot of sugar in them. And I think that's true. You know, we we teach as nutritional therapy practitioners that every meal and snack should have fat and protein in it as well as the carbohydrates. Uh, so all three groups. And um, so, you know, if, if if you can eat apples, if you tolerate apples well and you want that as a snack, then I always recommend having it with a little bit of nut butter or a handful of nuts or a piece of cheese or some form of protein and fat that would go along with it well. Yeah, so apple with like almond butter is my favorite. That's the that's the best snacks you can have once you once you develop a taste for it. 
So we uh, talked a little bit about the fact that you work with clients at a distance. So that's great. So that means that anyone anywhere could um, schedule an appointment with you and uh, connect with you by video conference or by phone, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then how should people contact you if they would like to find out more about your services? Yeah, sure. So I have a website and they can go to my website. It's sarahahmedhealthandwellness.com. Um, they can also email me. I prefer to respond on the email uh, instead of any other social media places. Uh, my email is sarahahmed at sarahahmedhealthandwellness.com. I also have an Instagram account. My handle is uh, Sarah Ahmed Wellness. Uh, so yeah, they are. They can contact me anywhere. I I love to respond. Okay, and I'll just mention here that Sarah Ahmed is spelled S A R A A H M E D. Sarah Ahmed Health and Wellness dot com. Is that right? Per- yes. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, Use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2020 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.